0: Hello, this is Diana Olenik, the host of the Alchemia Success Show, again here with another incredible woman. Her name is Rebecca Salzman and she's a professional organizer who became inspired by the Zero Waste Movement that took place in 2012. She is here to guide us, to give us strategies, to show us about her inspirational journey and how we can incorporate all these amazing strategies in our lives for the better, for the future in our work and life. Thank you very much, Rebecca, for your time today. And please show us, uh, let us know how or what took you into that amazing journey.
1: So uh, I was working as a designer. My background is in in fashion design, actually. I was working as a designer and I read this book called Zero Waste Home. And I said to myself, this is awesome. And I was like so inspired by that book. it, It was just like amazing. I could make the world a better place if I started with myself and I decided to quit my job as a designer because it didn't feel like that job was actually making the world a better place. It didn't feel like I was helping the world. It didn't feel like I was improving things for anybody. In fact, a lot of the things that I made made the environment worse off and more than that, I think that a lot of the people who were making it were suffering for something that was just gonna get thrown in the trash. And I decided like, I, I don't want to do that anymore. That's not where I want to go. I want to have a job that helps people, that makes a difference in people's lives. And so I started my business Balagan Be Gone. Balagan is the Hebrew word for chaos and, or mess or disorder. And um, I started Balagan Be Gone and I had one, one client only. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and i just i loved i loved it i loved making a positive impact helping them downsize so they could realize their dream of making an international move to israel and and i loved the challenge of trying to figure out how to declutter for people but still be ethical towards the environment so we could have just thrown away all of their stuff but we found homes for their stuff either and if we couldn't find homes we would recycle whatever we we could. So for example this one client had this amazing collection of magazines. We donated it to a library. Like it was just it made it made my client feel really great for doing that. It made me feel great knowing that we weren't just throwing things away, but what I realized was that everybody is so much happier when they have less stuff it's counterintuitive and i we think like oh if we have more we'll feel happy like if we just have one more thing we'll feel happy but actually it's the opposite if we take a minute to just feel satisfied with what we have we feel happy and and that was the feeling that i always wanted to have i wanted to be happy with like what i had and i want i want other people to To have that same feeling because I think that happiness is not something that we can you know just get we have to work hard for it and I think we can but I think we can feel it a lot of the time when we have gratitude and we are appreciative of the things we have but it's hard to have gratitude when you have too much and that's sort of what I I realized is that I take a more holistic approach to decluttering, like it's about the balance and that we can have less and really have more in our life. And that was a huge shift for me.
0: Oh, wow. That sounds amazing. And I am (laughs) super excited about what you are saying. I definitely believe that the material things that has happened for me too, it's not the source of the happiness and um, something that happens as you explain is that the more you have a staff, once you get it, you still feel that you want to get the new other version exactly. that is better or uh, the one that has more capabilities or, or, you know, better ways to do things. And then we get into that trap that there is, there is something always that is better of what right. we have. Right, And the other thing is that I think that we tend to believe that the happiness is found in uh, excitement, in the excitement when we have the possessions. Oh, I didn't have this last, you know, type of um, object or device or whatever is new. And then the excitement of having it, right? We have it. And then we get day-to-day day using it, right. and we just forget about the excitement, and we are not well, happy. It doesn't exactly. fill that gap. Yes.
1: When you buy something new, it's like taking drugs. You get this right. dopamin, dopamine hit in your brain, and you're like excited, and it feels like as if you took drugs or just did like skydiving or something like that, like something really exciting. And, but that feeling it doesn't last because it's temporary and it's meant to like move us forward and marketers know that. And so they market to that feeling that they know that we have where they know that we're going to feel good when we buy it and, like, they know that we're gonna feel good when we use it until it breaks and then it just sits there. And then what happens to this item, right? Mm-hmm. So we went out and we bought something and it broke. And then we just leave it there because we're like, well, maybe I'll get it fixed. Uh, it was expensive, so I don't wanna throw it away. Or maybe it'll be there just in case of an emergency. But it's like, mm-hmm. What is the emergency at this point? Like, it's yeah. broken. You're not going to fix it. So you might as well find a way to recycle it ethically. Um, but just to backtrack for a minute, I think that that feeling of that you get when you buy something new, like marketers are looking for that. Mm-hmm. And I think that when we can just take a minute and say, okay, I am grateful for all the things that I do have. It can, it can do two very important things. The first is it helps us uh, overbuy, which leads to declutter, leads to clutter. And it helps us feel okay in that moment. Mm-hmm. So when, when we're excited to buy something, we buy and buy and buy, and we don't think about, do we have room to put this? But when we stop and we think, okay, I only need x i'm replacing y i'll i'll feel okay if I just get x and i'll let go of y and and you can you can swap those two things and really feel good about the things that you own without going out and adding more clutter and more junk and more stuff into your life that you don't really need and I think that that's really important to understand because we need we need to put some sort of like breaks on ourselves or else we'll just go nuts because it's so easy to buy things
0: it's so cheap most of the time yes yes and especially we see in this american culture at least that it's very easy the consumerism is very strong yeah. you know like the temptation and the quality you know the standard of life is kind of allows for getting a staff and many people i think that inside we agree we know that that stuff doesn't give us happiness but for some reason we keep doing it so intellectually it seems that it's clear, we know. I talk with many people and they see, yeah, I know, I know the material things uh, don't make me happy. So in your opinion, what is then that thing that can help someone to actually take the action? Knowing that intellectually they understand that material things don't bring us happiness. So, but, but incorporating, you know, giving the first step is difficult and incorporating the habit is also difficult what do you think that would be the recommendation there? So I think
1: when people, okay, so I think that overall people don't know what they need. Mm -hmm. They've never taken an inventory of their stuff and so they don't actually know like I have nothing to wear. They just think they have nothing to wear because (laughs) it feels like that. And so if everybody would just take take, you know, a couple of hours and go through their closets, see what they love and see what they don't love. And then decide like, what pieces do I need to finish off my wardrobe? Like I need a white blouse. I need a pair of jeans. I need a pair of booties, whatever it is. Like what will make you feel like your wardrobe is complete Mm -hmm. and then go out and buy that. But only those things like make a list and stick to the list the problem is is people use shopping as therapy and (laughs) it's good It, it makes us feel better in the short term but then when we have so much stuff that we can't keep our houses clean and we can't keep our minds clean it becomes too much and we just we don't we don't know what to do so my advice is always if you feel like you need something, figure out. Shop with intention. Shop with purpose. I'm not saying don't ever go shopping again, but like when I shop for my kids, let's say my kids are always growing, so they need new, new clothes a lot because mm-hmm. they don't fit <laughs> into mm-hmm. their clothes anymore. When I go shopping for them, I make a list. I know that I buy five t-shirts, I buy four pairs of pants, I buy you know one sweater, one sweatshirt five pairs of shorts and, you know, some underwear and that's it because, and socks because that's all they need. I do the laundry and I have to assume that most of the people listening are doing the laundry every day. If they have kids, like, I I mean, here in Israel, we have, the biggest washer you can get is like nine kilos. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's not very big. It's not the same size as an American washer, yeah. but if you have small kids, you know, the laundry's getting done a couple times a week. It's not, mm-hmm. maybe it's not every day, but it's a couple times a week. How much stuff do you need? The more stuff you have, the more stuff you have to take care of. And so like, why do you want to have more stuff just so you can worry about it? There's a Jewish proverb that translates loosely as to when you have more possessions, you have more worry. Yeah. And it's true when you have more possessions, you're always worried about taking care of them. There's more laundry, there's more cleaning, there's more shopping. There's always more instead of just taking a minute to see what you have and being happy what you have. So The first thing that I recommend to people is to shop with a list. Whenever you need something, figure out exactly what you need. Make a list, stick to the list. Don't veer from the list. The second thing that I think will really help people is like I said, gratitude. Take a minute and feel happy for the things that you have say i'm blessed i have a roof over my head i have food in my fridge we can put food on the table our car has gas in it our bus tickets have you know bus fare on them whatever it is for you if you can internalize the happy feeling you can make it external and it will radiate throughout your life and it will really improve
0: everything for you Yeah, I think that that strategy is absolutely true. We don't see it until we don't practice. So we want to urge people to just practice, to give it a try. It works like magic because we are inside starting to feel complete, that there are no things that can fill that gap that I was talking about. It's just already in us. We are just perfect and happy in the way that we are. It's a little bit sometimes tricky to get there because we are tempted to the exterior and comparing ourselves to other people and the advertisement and you know all of those distractions. Exactly. But if we kind of shut off those channels for for a for a little bit and we try to see around, we have enough. And the way we know that we have enough is because we have that stuff. Otherwise, the world, the universe would have us have us in another you know, scenario. Right. In another, in another, you know, I agree with you. Yeah, A
1: hundred percent. I agree with you. I think the first thing it's not, it's a little bit hard to start like that shift in your mind. So I do recommend that if you want to start practicing gratitude, just get a piece of paper or a small notebook and just every morning, write five things that you're grateful for. They could be stupid. It could be the parking space you got Mm -hmm. yesterday. It could be, I mean, I live in a in a city where it's hard to park so Mm -hmm. it could be the parking space it could it could just be that you have a warm bed to sleep in it could be that you have someone who loves you whatever it is that you're healthy that you're smart whatever it is just start with those five things but really learn to be satisfied with what you have and keep your eye on your own paper because what what somebody else has is what somebody else has and what you have is what you have and Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of, I mean, I, I believe in God. If you don't believe in God, that's fine too. The universe, karma, whoever. I believe that when we, when we need something, if we believe that we will always have what we need, we will always have what we need. Uh, In those just in case times, um, if if, it's it's with Corona, if, if you haven't needed something just in case right now, You're not going to need it. Let it go. Like, and if you do need it again, it'll find its way back to you. But when you let go of the things that you're not using and you pass your blessing onto somebody else, you make more room for God or the universe or karma or whatever you believe to bring blessing back to you. Exactly. And I think that that's the most important thing is opening yourself up to blessing. And it's, it's a good, I think, thing. I think you said most of your followers are, are people who are starting their own businesses. It's really important, I think, to remember that when you're starting your own business. Like put out into the world what you want to get back. Remember that you're going to have what you need. Make space for all this new business to come to you. If you can clear your space, clear your mind, clear your clutter, the business is going to come to you.
0: Mm -hmm. you just have
1: to be open to receiving it and you have to have space to
0: receive it yeah yeah that's that's true we sometimes get in gets into those um models in our minds where we just have to follow everything that is outside the system the way that it's imposed and there are no other options but there are we have the right to behave in the way that we believe that is aligned with our inside. So we don't necessarily have to be with the trend. We don't necessarily have to be, you know, with the commercial um, status or with all of those uh, distractions. We have to be ourselves. And if we understand and, and can see that the fulfillment just can be attained inside not with exterior materials then we start to make a little bit of a change i feel or at least that was true for me um so i I was born in a place where we felt that in order for you to feel better you have to have more that's how Mm -hmm. i was raised i I was born in a very poor family so and that is what was always in my mind but later on i discovered oh no this was just a (laughs) lie And that is awesome <laughs> to find that. Yes. I and agree. Yes. And, and then we moved here to Canada. And of course, it's even more tempting to buy and buy stuff. So I right. actually did. I bought and bought stuff. <laughs> and that's why I understood, wow, when I was going to declare it, I had... I I I almost cried in, in a couple of the you know, the, the process. Yeah.
1: Because
0: it was it's so hard. much. And I yeah. felt... At what time did I do all of this? And now I want to, you know, commit with my personal projects, projects that I wanted, you know, creating a course and the book and everything. And I had to leave that aside because I knew that I needed to clean the house. And it took me months to actually do it. And it was very sad for myself to see at what time (sighs) did I do this? Why I was so unconscious and another thing that we did which is um, amazing what you say I I love that is that many people when it's in the process of doing it they take a look at expensive stuff that they got and they want to get the money you know some money back and so getting that attachment I also had to go through that which is hard right and uh, but donating it Gave so much fulfillment inside. It's like it's a challenge with myself. It's a discovery yeah. with myself. How capable I am doing, of doing these things yeah. that are not easy. It was did so you beautiful. find money? Sorry.
1: Uh, did you find any money when you were decluttering?
0: Um, no, I didn't. That, no, I didn't. I didn't. I find
1: that a lot of my clients we yeah. find like large sums of money yeah. after <laughs> okay. they've decluttered or. Mm or something they've been waiting for happens mm-hmm. to them. So I have two clients who both wanted to have babies yeah. and we decluttered and within a year they had babies. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my clients find a lot of money or they get a new job after we've mm-hmm. decluttered. Like I, I have oh, seen it. I understand like, a yeah. I, 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 I seen it work in like real mm-hmm. time. Like yeah. the things that people want when they made physical space for those things yes they amazing. got them because yeah. they made space for them
0: yes i thought that you meant if i found money inside you know pockets well or some, people do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, some okay. people do yeah some
1: people do that that's sometimes that happens i predict. mean in in one person's house, I found like, I don't know, four or $500 just mm-hmm. laying around, like, and it's, you know, people leave money around, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like found money, you know, it's like,
0: mm-hmm. it's uh, great. But yeah, I, I didn't find, you know, the money in that sense, but I feel that my life is better even. I mean, I feel okay. it like if I were with more money, actually. It's my feeling. It's my personal feeling. I feel... For some
1: people, it's just a shift, like an emotional shift. But for Mm -hmm. some people, it's like a real physical shift where Mm -hmm. something they have been physically waiting for comes to them. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And it's really... It's amazing to see. I love when my clients call me and they're like... Yeah. I I promise you, I have this one client. She's like, we almost named our baby Rebecca.
0: (laughs) 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 My goodness, that's incredible. Yes, those stories and the fulfillment that you get out of working with people and seeing the miracles that come out of that. I love my job. I love love knowing that I help make a difference in people's
1: lives because I feel like if I can just help one person, the ripple effect from that is huge. If I help Mm -hmm. one mom, she mm-hmm. helps her kids her kids yes. help you know and it's like mm-hmm. it goes on and on and on and it's yeah. it's it's just so nice and powerful Good, right? Like, yes. yeah right
0: that's awesome so i understand that you have um like um like a group or something like that that is called conquer your Clare. Oh, so I have an online
1: course called Conquer
0: Your ah, Clutter. Con- yeah, please let us know about that. <laughs>
1: so I'm not actually running Conquer Your Clutter right now. Ah. Um, I will probably open it up, but I actually have a gift for all of your listeners. And mm-hmm. that is that they can view two of my classes, the time management class and called It's About Time Management mm-hmm. and the class Winning at Organization, which teaches basics and decluttering for mm-hmm. free uh, when they sign up at Skillshare. And I have a free two month. A coupon for everybody that I'll give to you and we'll put in the show notes. Um, and everybody can have Skillshare premium for two months. So if you wanted to learn a new skill and for all you business owners out there, Skillshare has loads of courses on it about graphic design and marketing and e-commerce and all sorts of topics that
0: are mm-hmm. amazing. So you can have access to all those classes. Oh, that's amazing. Thank yeah. you very much. You're welcome. So I, I noticed that you mentioned time management so yeah. in terms of a family, you know, with kids, this applying this becomes like challenging. Right. How, because we now we understand, let's say, I want, yeah, I want that for my life. I want something more, you know, that I can have less. I, I don't have to invest a lot of time cleaning, maintaining. I want that. But now, like, it's not just me. It's my husband, you know, aligning right. more people. It's my kids how I'm going to stop buying toys or how does all of that works. So in terms of time management and this new, um, situation, let's say with family, how do you recommend undertaking these or applying these principles for families? Okay. So that's two questions. So let's start with the stuff. The stuff
1: is, um, interesting because I think when we are clear about what we value, So if we value having less, our kids will pick up on those values. So if we are buying, let's say, very good quality toys, um, that are good for the environment and that are sustainably made and that are non-toxic and healthy for our kids, our kids are going to pick up on that message. Mm -hmm. And I think that when, and, and I actually think that kids need fewer toys than we think that they do. Mm -hmm. Like we as parents want to give our kids the best leg up and be like, You want a new toy? Okay, let's go to the toy store and we'll buy a new toy. You can have any toy you want, right? And and then next week, oh, let's go get another toy and another toy. And we wouldn't necessarily reward our kids all the time with candy or ice cream. So why do we do it with toys? Like, why can't we find, like, just quality time that we spend with our kids as a reward versus toys? Instead of going out and buying a new toy, say, if you do X or Y, I will spend the next hour playing a game with you, whatever game you want, but it's not about buying something new, it's about the quality time. And so so when you are putting out that this is your value to your kids, they pick up on that and also, I think that there's a lot more things in our house that can be useful as toys than what we think. And actually, there's this really, there's a couple really great accounts that I follow that show like how to make all these fun little toys for kids and like little activities you can do. And it's so much more fun for the kids than trying to figure out all these toys that they get bored in with just a few minutes. And, you know, then you have like a surplus of toys and it's hard it takes up a lot of space so if you have the room okay it's no big deal but what i always like to do with my kids is i would i have three kids um my oldest is 13 and my youngest are going to be 12 in a few days and they're twins. And so my kids are very close in age. They're only 21 months apart. So a lot of the toys they were using were all the same at the same time. So instead of keeping all the toys out at once, I would rotate a lot of the toys. So this way they don't get bored of the toys. Um, But I also just felt like when we had fewer toys, they were forced to be more creative with the toys that we did have, have, or they would go outside and play, or they would make they just make do because kids are resourceful and it's not about how much you have. It's about the quality of what you have. So if they have good toys that are helping them to grow and, and be thoughtful, then that's a plus in terms of the time management aspect of things. This goes back to what I said before, which is instead of going to, you know, buy your kids new toys all the time, if you offer to reward them with time together, that's really helpful in time management, and it's especially true now during Corona, when a lot of kids are home and parents are working from home. What I have found is that if you fill you, you fill your kids' cup, if you give them time with you, you will be able to spend more time doing the things that you need. So, for example, before, if I know that I have a call at eleven a.m. At 10 o'clock, I make sure that my kids have had a snack, that I've spent a little time with them, and my kids are bigger and I still do this, that I've spent a little time with them, that I've talked about whatever it is they need, and that I've given them what a little bit of face time with me. Like Even if it's just 10 minutes, I've sat down, I've listened to them, they've been heard, they know that like I'm there for them, even though between 11 and 12 I'm not gonna be available. It's okay, but what I did was I I allowed them to feel okay
0: in that mm-hmm. time
1: before, and in terms of time management, I find hands down if I want to be productive with my time, I have to fill my kids' cup first, or else they're just going to be relentlessly, "Mommy, I need this. Mommy, I need that. Mommy, 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 mommy," <laughs> <laughs> and I won't get anything done. So that's mm-hmm. like in terms of kids and time management, that is my biggest. The biggest thing, if you take away nothing else, fill your kid's cup first and then I promise you will have Mm -hmm. space to get done what you need to get done. But make it real, make it authentic. Like if you're going to spend those 20 minutes with them, make it like real FaceTime, put your phone down and, and, and do that. And I think like employers, some employers are not okay with it, but I think most people understand that there is this balance and that everybody is managing as best they can right now and and you know each country is different and it ebbs and flows in terms of the rules and regulations but you know i don't think that this is the last lockdown that we're all headed for you know (laughs) there's
0: there's going to be more (laughs) yes so wow this is all like gold because (laughs) these are very practical actual strategies that we can incorporate and that work really well especially because families with families we have to make our real job we we all want to be good parents we just sometimes don't know exactly how it is of course it's part of the nature and for some reason we end up valuing more these experiences you know material stuff than actual experiences so the idea is to Put the value of the experience, of the minute that we are looking each other in the eyes, playing, exactly. interacting, rather Just than- Just going for the, a walk. Yes. Yeah. Simple things. In the simplicity is where we find the real satisfaction, actually. Exactly. We don't even exactly. have to go, you know, do crazy things in order to, to demonstrate to the kids that we love them. The right. love is not in that stuff in, in the in the toys. Exactly. And definitely when we fall in those in circles, because that's what happened to me too. Um, we can see how the kid sometimes starts to behave in a way that, can I do this and you buy buy me this? So the reward is in the material thing. That exactly. is a sign that, oh, okay what i am doing here like is this how i want him to appreciate things in his adult life or in they're conditioned age? yes so they're
1: conditioned we condition yes, them to do that yes, it's it's, yes. it's on us you know
0: yes yes so that's beautiful to yeah. you know discuss this and to understand that this is uh, there is possibility that is doesn't have to be that way even if we were right. raised like that it doesn't need to be that right. way.
1: Um, and it's not bad.
0: It's not like our
1: parents made a mistake. No. It's just no, that, like, not. I think that I don't think that anybody could have really anticipated yes. how mm-hmm. easy it is to get stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you watch TikTok or Instagram, the most popular videos, some of the most popular videos, are things you need on Amazon. And I'm uh, like, yes. mm-hmm. really? Do you need it? Like,. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like it's just it's it's baffling to me some of those things are useful and smart and they're cute and you know I get why people would want them but like really you're gonna shell out ten dollars and it seems like okay ten dollars it's nothing right yeah but it's not nothing because ten dollars this week and ten dollars next week and ten dollars the week after it starts to it starts to really add up for what stuff that you're just gonna throw away and let's not even talk about what a way- i mean this is a whole nother episode, but what does a way mean? you know, and who labored to make that at what expense? do you know what I mean so there's all these like other ethical things that go along with all the shopping and <laughs> yeah. you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, we don't we don't think about it.
0: Yes, that we create way. the problem is that we create the habit. We feed yeah. the habit more and more and more exactly. every time that
1: we do that. Yeah, and once it's and it's like an addiction. Exactly. You know, once we yes. do it once, we need to do it over and over and over again. It's the only way we yeah. start to feel better because. Yeah. You know, we always think we have, we need more. Yeah. And instead of, you know, um, last week or two weeks ago, I have a KitchenAid stand, I bake bread every week, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a KitchenAid stand mixer. And the, the speed control dial broke. Ah. And my husband looked around for someplace to fix it. Mm-hmm. And we found some place and he said, it's going to be, it's going to be like $70 to fix it.
0: <laughs> like this the price? Okay.
1: Like the price. So I'm like, okay. okay, so it's $70. How much is a new one? He's like, oh, it's going to be like $1,000 for a new one. And what? I'm like, well, obviously we're going to spend the $70 and get ah, it fixed. Okay, But, but the because we have to import things it's an american it, it's a kitchen aid mixer and it was imported so that's why it costs so much more here in the u.s it costs about 500 dollars. Um. even so spending 70 to get it fixed makes so much sense the mm-hmm. truth is, is even if it cost me 200 to buy a new one i still would have gotten it fixed because it was working perfectly fine. It's just this one piece broke. There was no mechanical problems. There was nothing wrong with it. It's just Mm -hmm. like, it snapped. That's it. It was, it's old. It's like about 10 years old. And I figured I could probably get at least 10 or 15 more years out of this appliance. Why would I replace it when it's perfectly good? And you know that when you take it to the repairman to trade, like to give it to him, he is just gonna fix it up and sell it anyways. (laughs) yeah all right so i was like i might as well just fix it and it's working great Mm -hmm. and i'm really glad that i fixed it and i i do the same thing with my kids clothes when their clothes Mm -hmm. tear Mm -hmm. i mend them Mm
0: -hmm. it only
1: takes me a few minutes Mm -hmm. you know they can't notice it they get 10 more 20 more wears out of it and it's fine they wear it till it's really not fixable anymore and then i recycle it but if you're teaching your kids to just throw everything away without really valuing what it is, you're teaching them that it's okay to get more and more and more and that what we have isn't worth taking care of.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And that's also, I think, not a value that most people really want their kids to have.
0: Yeah. Wow. This is amazing. (laughs) Um, uh, I'm so happy. (laughs) I'm so excited about this conversation. Everybody knows that I'm very... Um, I I appreciate a lot this topic because I found um, improvement in my life through realizing of this so that's why I I get very excited and I'm very thankful that you are sharing all of this um, um, insight very practical and real insight with us Um, so you also have like a Facebook group where people can learn from you? I do
1: it's called organizing in Israel you don't have to live in Israel to join yeah. um, anybody can join uh, it's a great group it's super support it's like a support group really for people who are decluttering but I do I treat decluttering in a in a much more holistic way than most organizers so like to me it's not just about decluttering and organizing your stuff to me it's a general... A whole general way of organizing yourself in life. Mm-hmm. Um, this past week, this month uh, for September, I'm doing a whole series in my group about organizing your sexual health uh, because September is National Sexual Health Awareness Month. So oh. you can come into the group and, and hear these lectures for free. And I got some great speakers to come and talk to us in the group. Um, the, this week, last week, we I had Dr. Batsheva Marcus on. She is a... Clinical sex therapist, and we had this great conversation about how to org- help your kids organize their sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, next week, we're talking about how to organize yourself in your marriage and like what to do if you're in, how to organize yourself if you're not in a good relationship. Because uh, to me, There are so many things about organization that are important that people don't really realize. In fact, I'm actually writing a book. It's called Organized Jewish Life. Anybody could read it, of course. But it's mostly how to organize yourself for um, Jewish events and Jewish rituals. And one of the things that I included was divorce because I think that there are things you can do to have an organized divorce. And one of the things that I included was what happens if a birth doesn't go the way, if you, God forbid, have a miscarriage or if you have a stillborn. I've talked about ways you can organize yourself if you know that these things are happening to you. And if you don't know, what you can do once you find out to keep yourself Sane and and not let all the other areas of your life spiral out of control and how you can get help. Because I think that again, it's it's a it's a broader view of how we can rely on the people in our lives and set ourselves up for success when we can just take a few minutes and step back and and look at a situation and say, okay, here's what I know about the situation. And here's what I can, what I know I could do. There's always going to be a solution. Sometimes the solution isn't perfect, but if I can remember that there's always going to be a solution, if I can remember that I want to approach each situation with gratitude, if I remember that, like specifically, let's say in divorce, that I'm not like, maybe I'm mad at my partner, but, I don't need to take it out on him in a way that makes me feel bad about myself. And there are things that I can do to make this experience not soul crushing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And because, because really that's what we, we, you know, if you want to win at life, the the goal is to be a well-adjusted person who can be open and giving to other people. And if you're just out to like, take everybody for everything that they're worth you're never going to get to your to your goal Mm -hmm. and you're not going to be true to yourself and so i think that organization falls into this much larger life approach on how you
0: can approach life do you know what i mean Yes. yes for sure Wow, that's amazing! Because yeah, it's um, a great opportunity for anybody to get that free value there in that group and to yeah. be There's identified so with record. other, yes, yeah. with other people in the same journey and collaborate each other. You know, feel support. So that's always amazing. Exactly. With these platforms, at least, that it offered that opportunity and it's free, so that's amazing. Yeah. And so, what <laughs> projects are you working on right now? So
1: I'm, I'm working on my book. Um, my mom passed away two months ago, three months ago now. And I decided I, in, in um, the Jewish tradition, when your parent dies, you are considered a mourner for 11 months. And during mm-hmm. that time, you are not supposed to do things that bring you joy, like listen to music or see live entertainment or anything like that. So I mm-hmm. said to myself, well, I have these 11 months what am I going to do that's going to be a blessing for my mom? And how can I, how can I, she was proud of me anyways, but like, what can I do to, to make her memory be for a blessing? Right. Mm -hmm. So I decided to write a book because I just felt like, well, what, what else am I going to do? Right. I can't watch TV. I can't listen to music. Right. So I decided to write this book because my mom was, I think, For the good and the bad, I learned a lot about organizing from my mom. There were some things she did amazingly well. Like before a holiday, she never got stressed out. Um, She made these parties that were just amazing and she just did it with such grace and like class. And Mm. I, I see that so many people struggle with what to do, how to prepare, and then they get so stressed out. And I didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't want people to get stressed out. So I said, well, what can I do to make it so people don't get stressed out, which is a great way to honor my mom's memory because she never did. And I said, well, I'm going to write a book and I'm going to go through checklists and planning guides of exactly tips and tricks of exactly what you need to do to have an organized holiday, to have organized, just life in general. Um, so I sort of uh, call it Emily Post meets Marie Kondo. I don't know if you know who either of those two people are. But um, for me, that, that's, how I, that's how I sort of view it in my mind. Because to me, it was just so important to just do something for her. Uh, yeah. And in, in actuality, it, it makes me feel better. So it's great. It makes me feel better. It's going to be a, I think it will be really a great contribution um, to to people who have trouble getting organized and it will be a great blessing to my mom's memory.
0: Wow. That is an amazing story there that how you found that way to, you know, fulfill that time that you, that you need away from those distractions and also put it productively into this. And at the same time, honor your mom there. Yeah. Um, it's so beautiful. I'm it so just excited. It like the best way to do it. Yes, that you shared that with us. That's a story that I like to also, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, spread later on when I talk oh, about okay. the topic about this amazing thing that you're doing. I think that is something, uh, you know, very beautiful. And, Thank you. Uh, yes, people should know about it. That's awesome. Thanks. And so, yeah, how come? Or before that is there anything that you wish I had asked you <laughs> um, well
1: um, I don't know if you want to move this on to Instagram or not but we can certainly talk about organizing in business
0: Yes, um,
1: if, if you if you want
0: to do that now yeah we can okay. we can move to that but I like to, to know how exactly are the best channels that people can contact you Oh. Great. Oh, okay. So get a hold of you. Um, my website is called
1: Balagan Begon. That's B-A-L-A-G-A-N-B-E-G-O-N-E.com. And you can reach me through there and you can email me at Rebecca at Balagan or Rebecca at Rebecca Saltzman.com. So I see my name is here on the screen, but it's R-E-B-E-K-A-H. S-A-L-T-Z-M-A-N. And you can email me there too. Uh, I have this great, uh, if you need help decluttering uh, and you don't live in Israel, that's okay because we can work together online. I have a great product called the Done in a Day Declutter. And uh, we basically spend four hours together and we get one room in your home decluttered. And it's, I mean, it's really I, when I first started doing this product, I'm like, it was a pivot during Corona, and I'm like, yes. who's going to do this? Right? It doesn't yes. work, <laughs> but it actually works because the reason why it works is because I, I, I. At the beginning of the day, we sit down and we make a goal for the day, and then I hold you accountable throughout that time. So we, so we sit down for like 20 minutes at the start of the our time slot, and then every. 20, 30, or 45 minutes, depending on the project that I give you, I check in with you Mm -hmm. and we reassess where we're at. We have a five Mm -hmm. minute conversation, a 10 minute conversation, whatever we need. And then I give you the next set of goals. So you have these small, like micro goals that you have to hit, Mm -hmm. and then you can make a much larger goals because you're going in small stages Mm. and ultimately you hit your larger goal so Mm -hmm. it actually really works and people have amazing success with this product it's because i'm there holding your hand even though i'm not actually there next to you
0: that's awesome
1: and and it's great and i i i really i love working with people that way um it makes me feel safer it makes other people feel safer, yeah. and it, it gives me the opportunity to meet a lot more people.
0: <laughs> That's incredible. That's unbelievable. I love that type of job. It sounds so amazing. I think that I want to be an, an organizer right now. <laughs> oh, well, Just I actually teach awesome. a class
1: on how to be a professional organizer, so you could take that
0: class, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Yes, it feels so rewarding. So I'm glad that you open up and, you know, taught us about all of these, the benefits, how you work with people, the type of value that you offer. That's all amazing. Thanks so much, Thank Erica. Thank you. Yes. So then, yeah, let's jump into the other IG Live that you're going to make. And if you are listening to this episode, please rate and review this amazing episode With your support, with your collaboration, is the only way that we can continue working, bringing these amazing guests and growing together. And if you are watching this video, please like and subscribe so we can continue producing this type of amazing insight and bringing these amazing guests so we can always improve our lives and hit our goals. Thank you very much, Rebecca, for being here today with us. Thanks for having me, Diana. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye for now.